It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I will bring my guest on momentarily. And I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately. And I usually do this every single week. I had a call with my business coach recently, and I'm really thankful for the great ideas that we are about to implement in my business. If you've never hired a coach, you should. And there's some very important reasons for that. A great coach is someone who can help you because they have been where you want to go. This means they know what obstacles may be standing in your way that you didn't even think of. This will shorten your learning curve by a lot. Number two, a great coach will keep you accountable to your goals. They will encourage you when you are doing great, and they will also call you out when you fall short. We all need tough love, and it's in the spirit of helping you get to where you want to go. And finally, having a great coach helps you become a good coach. In my experience, the best coaches are also very coachable themselves. That's a very important quality of a successful person. So if you're not working with a coach, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible. And if you have ever thought about writing a book, I coach people through that process as well. You can email me, brian at brianklright.com, or you can go to the site, writeabookforyou.com, and read that page, and you can schedule something with me at the bottom of the page, writeabookforyou.com. With all this uh, in mind, I want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is John Matson. Let me tell you about him. John Matson is a former NFL player who launched the company Superhuman in 2021, teaching high-performance behavior and mindset to over 10,000 individuals, ranging from former NFL football players, Major League Baseball players, CEOs of Fortune 500 co- uh, companies, and high-level executives, even ordinary men who want to level up their fitness and mindset. He started as a certified strength and conditioning specialist for high school athletes looking for college scholarships. He quickly launched his business to six figures a month, already earning a click figure, seven figure award. His goal with Superhuman is to transition the businessman into the business athlete. And if your goal is to be in the top 1%, you do not want to miss this show today. We have a lot to unwrap. And so here we are with my very special guest, John Matson. John, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Brian, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Super honored to be here on your show. Awesome. Fantastic. This is episode number 440. So a little bit of a milestone episode. I'm very happy about that. So uh, let me ask you, uh, John, did you envision early on that you'd be where you are right now today? You know, that's a that's an interesting question. I uh, on some level, I think growing up, I always had this understanding that's what that what's possible for one is also possible for me. So at Mm -hmm. the foundation of everything, I watched people play in the National Football League or Major League Baseball or the NBA. And from a young, young age, I love sports. I realized that those guys playing were human beings and they came from wherever they came from and they were able to make it on that stage. And so I believed that it was possible for me too. Now I've really had to challenge myself a little bit because I used to say where I was speaking that, you know, the power of belief is everything. And I do believe that, Mm -hmm. but there was also many times where I went to practice and I had that self-doubt. I had Mm. that, 
insecurity. I had that fear. The superpower that I was able to, to build upon though, was I had courage enough to keep going out and keep trying and keep getting better. And even though I might've had doubts a little bit in the beginning, I still had that overriding belief that it was in fact possible, which I think is, is really key. Yeah. So do you have a ritual that you go through when you realize your headspace is not where it needs to go? Yeah, I think I have some built in. Um, I have some built in stuff that I practice on a daily basis. I, I believe it's really important for a person to know exactly what they want. It's really easy if I'm coaching somebody or I'm just having a conversation with a friend. If I ask them what they want, 90% of the people are going to answer me with what they don't want. And yeah. that's bad because it's almost wishing for that don't want into existence. And so yeah. I think one of the main things that I do really well now that I did well back then that I didn't really know that took me to the NFL was that I focused relentlessly on the outcome that I actually wanted. And now knowing and harnessing that power even more, every single day I start the day with a goal, with a, with a big goal, and I, I focus on what I want and pay very little attention to no attention to all the stuff that could go wrong that, that, that I don't want. So focusing that attention relentlessly on what I want is, is like a centerpiece to what I do. Yeah. That is so interesting too, because when I worked in the call center world, I was a trainer, uh, an inside sales trainer. And in the role plays, I would always have a positive resolution to the call. And Sometimes people will ask me, how come, how come you don't ever, you know, do role plays where the call didn't go well? I said, well, I don't want to practice being wrong. I don't want to practice failure. I want to practice success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to practice failure, you're probably going to get more of that. Now, I think that things will go wrong. And as mm -hmm. long as you have that mindset to dig into what specifically could have gone better mm -hmm. and what you want instead. That's my, that's kind of my two-step process. What did I learn from this thing that didn't go the way that I want it to go? And what do I want instead? And if I, I, I actually take out my phone and I'll resolve some of those issues. If I was to do a sales consult or something and I didn't get the outcome that I wanted, I would say what went wrong specifically. And so I can understand exactly what that thing is. And mm -hmm. then, what can I learn from it? What do I want instead? And then I can resolve those issues and take that learning at warp speed when most people don't really put that much thought process into it. Yeah. And then they continue to just rehearse the negative and get more of it. Right. Absolutely. So you played pro football. That's a dream that a lot of little boys have. When did you realize that this was actually going to happen for you? Yeah, it's super interesting. So I never played a down of high school football, which is a path that I, I really don't know of another person that took, obviously there's probably somebody out there, but I was an athlete growing up. I loved sports. So a really long story short, I went into the weight room for the very first time going into my sophomore year. So going onto the football team, we had to go through summer conditioning. First thing we had to do was go to the weight room. I was with about five of my friends and we were asked to max out on the bench press, deadlift and squat. And I had never done any of those things. And me and my friends walked over to a bench press and I'll never forget laying down on that bench press. My friends were still warming up with 25 pound weights on each side with an Olympic bar. That's 95 pounds. It's not that heavy for a sophomore. Mm -hmm. They all warmed up with it. And when I took it off the bar, it, it crushed my chest. And, you know, in between their laughter, they had to pull the bar off of my chest 
And in a moment, I felt that confidence shatter. And I was like, man, I'm too small and too weak to play football. Mm. Even though I played since I was 10, I went home and I told my dad that I wasn't going to play football in high school. I said, dad, I'm really scrawny. I'm weak. I want to get stronger. I got embarrassed today. I'm not going to play football, but you know, can you please help me order some weights or something so that I can work on my body and I'm just going to focus on basketball and baseball. And luckily I, I got into the weight room. My father uh, put me with a personal trainer that was at the local rec center. And for three years straight, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 PM, I was in there with this guy who literally just broke me down and built me back up. And I saw not only what that did for my athleticism, I also saw what it did for my confidence and my certainty within myself. And so I fell in love with training at 16 years old mm -hmm. and I got bigger and I got stronger and I got faster. And even though I did those things, I never made it back on the football field because in my eyes, I was going to go pro in basketball or baseball at that point. Yeah. I graduated without a single scholarship offer and then went to a local junior college. And my idea was like, look, I'm not done being an athlete yet. I've had this dream of going pro since I was a five-year-old kid. I'm going to try out for football, basketball, and baseball and see which one I make because I'm not done yet. Mm -hmm. And football just happened to come first. And so I tried out for football team at a local junior college. And they looked at me after two weeks and said, John, if you focus all your attention on this, there's no telling how far you can go. Uh, focus on this, get stronger, get faster. And so I just did that and ultimately went to the National Football League without playing high school. Hmm. That is absolutely amazing. And then you ended up at Utah and played for Urban Meyer, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so a year I redshirted my my freshman year at that junior college because I had no idea how to read a defense. The last football I had ever played was Little League. So I had a lot of learning to do. I wasn't very good, but I was good enough to earn a spot on the squad. So I redshirted that year. My following year, I played in a backup role as a redshirt freshman. I was then getting highly recruited because there was enough film on me that uh, my sophomore year at that junior college, I was one of the you know premier prospects to come out of junior college. However, I surpassed that year and went to the University of Utah, which was 20 minutes from my home. Urban Meyer, it was his first year there. And I asked for an opportunity to walk onto the team instead of playing out my, my final year of junior college. So um, I went into Urban and I told him my story told him I never played high school, told him I barely played in junior college. And he agreed to allow me to walk onto the football team and promised a scholarship if I was to contribute to, uh, to that University of Utah team. That's absolutely amazing. We've got a couple of minutes to our first break. Uh, what were some of the lessons uh, that you learned playing football that have translated to business? Man, I got I got a great story and it'll probably be longer than two minutes coming up to break. One of the one of the best messages I could probably give to anybody listening to the show came from Urban my first year when I walked into that office after two weeks mm -hmm. and tried to quit. I tried to quit on myself. I tried to quit on my team. And worst of all, I tried to quit on my dream because I thought it was too hard. And that was one of the moments of doubt that I talked about where I didn't quite know that I could do it and that it would work out this way. But in that moment, Urban gave me a message that I'll that I'll you know hopefully get to tell your listeners here in a second that can that changed my life then and then ultimately changed the course of my business, changed the course of my relationship with my wife and as a father. It was that powerful in that moment. That is absolutely fantastic. We are coming up against our very very 
first break, my special guest is John Madsen, and his company is Superhuman, and he helps people level up their fitness, their mindset, and their businesses in a very short amount of time. We're going to talk about all of that when we come back, and we're going to talk about a lot of really great things. His mantra is, go get, your, go get what's yours. We're going to talk about where that comes from. We're going to talk about why some people succeed and others don't. We're going to talk about what he's noticed from the highest achievers that he's connected to, and so much more. We are going to come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come right back very shortly. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's merging Did you know that banana leaves are replacing plastic bags in some grocery stores? In an effort to save trees, most grocery stores have moved to recyclable plastic. But still, much of this plastic ends up in landfills or in the ocean, which is harmful to sea life. So a supermarket chain in Chiang Mai, Thailand, has started using banana leaves to wrap up produce and other items that are normally bagged at the checkout. What's the word for a resourceful person? A debrouillard. Some grocery stores in Vietnam are also using banana leaves, and why not? They're sturdy, flexible, waterproof, and biodegradable. The only downside is that it takes a little longer in the checkout line to wrap the groceries instead of bagging them. What's a word for a person who hates waiting in long lines? A macrophobiac. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And my very special guest this week is... John Matson, And if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It is based on some of the most amazing conversations I've had with some of the best guests I've had on the show, including Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell from Extreme Weight Loss, Dan Locke, Brad Sugars, and so many more. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is still 99 cents. The paperback version is there. You can't even shake a stick at that. Pick it up. It's awesome. It costs you less than dinner. Go get it. So before the break, John, you were talking to me about... Uh, a message that Urban Meyer gave you that changed your life. I would love to hear what that is. Yes. So two, two, two weeks into training camp, probably the hardest training camp of my life. Not only the hardest training camp, it was the hardest thing that I had ever done to that point in my life. I had a great childhood, you know, um, doing something that hard, specifically playing for Urban Meyer, where the pressure was super intense 
was, uh, was something that really shook me to the core. And so the very first week as a walk-on, there wasn't a lot of expectation on me. They were just like, this kid's walking on, maybe he'll play next year, who knows, he has three years left. And I came out the gate and got noticed day one. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that day one, Urban looks at the wide receiver coach and says, coach, get him ready to play, he's gonna play for us this year. And from that moment, I had now all this pressure because the season was going to start in about four weeks and we had to get me ready to acclimate to the playbook, the speed of the game, all of that stuff. It was completely different from junior college. And the second week, I remember just getting beat up. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was hurt. I thought my ribs were broken. And I decided that, you know what, I don't know if this is for me. And Mm -hmm. so I had made up my mind, my bags were packed, and I was going to go quit. I, I went to Coach Urban's office. I had tears streaming down my face because I knew in my heart that I wasn't a quitter, but I was about to, to quit because I just didn't think I could, I could do it anymore. And so I get into his office, and he looks at me, and he knew something was wrong. And, and I had this, this speech already built in my mind, and I said, Coach, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I just don't think I love football anymore. And as I said it, the truth was that I just didn't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and there was a lot of people that had quit, you know, the football team, especially for Urban. He was a hard guy to play for. Mm-hmm. But on that day in that office, he didn't let me quit. And he said, John, sit down. And I sat down and he, he said, I'm not going to let you quit today because if I let you quit, you're going to be a quitter and you're going to quit for the rest of your life because it gets easier. And he took a picture of his family and he turned it around. He says, look, one day, you know, you might think this college football thing is hard, but your family's going to need you. Your business at some point is going to need you. Life is going to need you. And you're not a quitter. And then he looked at me and he looked straight into my eyes and he said, I'll see you at practice the next, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. And he held it his, he held out his hand and I shook his hand. It was more of a statement than a question. And I walked out of that office and every fiber of my body wanted to quit. I wanted to quit at practice the next day, but I still went. I wanted to quit the day after that, but I still went. And I'll never forget about three weeks later, I found myself playing in front of 100,000 people at Texas A&M because two of our starters went down Mm -hmm. and I I got into the game and I'm looking up in the stadium with 100,000 people just screaming their heads off. And I played the last 10 minutes of the second quarter. And so we're in, we're in the locker room and we're down 21 to zero. And Urban comes in and he makes a beeline straight for me. And he looks at me and he just completely shreds me in front of the whole team. And he says, John, I don't give a bleep, bleep, bleep if you're scared or not. There's 100,000 people out there in the stands that don't care. And there's a million more watching on TV. Better yet, there's 60 guys in this room that have bled, sweat, and sacrificed their whole life for this moment, and we're not going to let you bleep it up. I can see the fear in your eyes. You better wake up. Mm. And in that moment, that was the most demotivating halftime speech that I had ever had, right? And I'm thinking to myself, this was supposed to be a dream come true. Now it's a nightmare, right? I had played bad, but it wasn't just my fault that we were down 21 to zero, Right. So I go into the training room and I look at the starter and he's laying on the on the bed. And I said, Steve, are you going to be all right? Because I wanted a way out at this point. And he says, John, my ribs are broken. And I realized that Urban was right. They didn't have another play. I, I had to go and play. Mm-hmm. And so I go out there in the game. And with eight seconds left, we make this mad comeback. And we're down 28 to 20. 
We have two plays to go on our own 40-yard line. Quarterback gets the ball. He has pressure on his left. He scrambles to his right, and I find myself running wide open down the sideline. We connect. He throws the ball up in the air, and with zero seconds left, I catch the ball in the end zone. It's 28 to 26, and 100,000 people go silent. You could hear a pin drop. Yeah. And we end up losing the game 28 to 26. But all of a sudden, my first real experience of college football, I score this amazing touchdown and I'm on the every single local news channel telling my story of never playing high school football wow. and all of a sudden playing scoring a touchdown for a division one program. And I realized that if I would have quit, there would have not been that moment. Right. And right past the hard was the magic. Yeah. And if I would have quit in that day. I wouldn't have made it to the NFL. I wouldn't be talking to you on Success Profiles Radio. And so that one defining moment has stuck with me and has etched into my soul to not quit when things get a little bit hard, to push through and the magic's just right past that that hardness. That's absolutely amazing. That's that's fantastic. We could probably spend the whole hour talking about your football career, but I do want to uh, pivot a little bit. Um, did you prepare for life after football while you were still playing? You know, I'm, I go back to being 16 years old in the in that falling in love with fitness because for the past decade I've spent my my after football career running gyms, being my own boss, basically being an entrepreneur and doing it in an industry that I love, which is the fitness industry. However, there was a transitionary period where I played my last game when I was 27 years old, about 27. And I didn't quite know what that next step was because everything to that point was like, I'm just going to be a professional athlete. And so when it ended, there was this period where I had to figure a lot of stuff out. I knew that I, I basically opened up my first gym within 12 months of playing my last game. However, I had no business experience. And so I had success in one area and I thought it would automatically translate to this area of business where I kind of got eaten alive for the first three, four five years. However, I had that foundational don't quit etched in me. And even though things were hard and my, I watched my bank account go to basically zero, all that stuff happened, but I still had the courage. I still had the perseverance and I still had the stubbornness to just keep going, which allowed me to keep building and, you know, stacking some wins, stacking some losses, and ultimately ended up here 10 years or so after my last game. Mm, wow. That's absolutely amazing. So let me ask you about your motto, go get what's yours. Where did that come from? Yeah. So when I was thinking about a slogan, I wanted something to be, I, you always think about Nike, right? Where it's like, just mm -hmm. do it. It's so good because in any instant, you can just be like, look, at the end of the day, you just got to you just gotta do it. Just do it. It's perfect. And so I wanted something that, that was similar to me that meant something. Go get what's yours is, in a nutshell, I, I was at high school graduation with not, without an opportunity to go play any sport, yet my dream was to be a professional athlete. Most kids in that situation would say, you know what? Stars didn't align, don't have a scholarship. My high school basketball team went one in 39. Um, I didn't get recruited. It's the coach's fault. It's, it's everybody else's fault. Let's just go get a job. And I said, I'm not done being an athlete. I will go play another sport that I haven't even played since ninth grade. I'm going to go get it. Same thing when I walked on to the University of Utah. I could have waited out, played another year at the junior college. And I said, you know what? I'm over this junior college thing. I want to go play big time college football. The University of Utah is my dream school. I went here as a kid and watched the games. I read a newspaper where Urban Meyer 
had an article and said, we don't have very much depth at wide receiver. This position is going to hurt us this year. Mm -hmm. And I read that article and I took a basketball highlight film at into the University of Utah unannounced. I went up there, found the football office, knocked on the door and said, hey, guys, um, you know, there was a secretary waiting. What do you want? And I said, I'm here to talk to a football coach. I play at Snow College, uh, junior college. I have one year left, but I want to transfer. And I, I'm holding this VHS film. And so go get what's yours in that in that aspect is, look, I wasn't invited to the University of Utah. There mm -hmm. wasn't red carpet rolled out for me. Mm -hmm. I went up out there and I made my own opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in business. I built my gyms. And I'm not saying I did it all myself. There was a lot of help uh, around me and a lot of support. However, I always made the opportunity when seemingly it wasn't there or it was disguised as nothing. Fantastic. So why do you think some people achieve success and others don't? And what does success mean to you? I think that we were born infinite. We were born as this. I like to believe that we, every human being has this DNA and in this DNA is, is greatness. There's this idea of like what we could become. And I think with a lot of the programming, a lot of the, a lot of the messaging from society, a lot of the people who have good intentions um, teachers and coaches who might not have the best delivery teach people limitation. So we're born infinite and we're taught limitation. And with people stacking losses, whether it's in elementary school or junior high school or high school or, you know, at 20 years old or 30 years old where where they lose or they're not getting the result they want, little by little, that flame of greatness is kind of blown out. And I yeah. think a lot of people, by the time they reach 30 or 40 years old, they've given up on this belief in themselves that they could be something great. Yeah. I was conditioned from a young age to, to, you know, by my parents, John, you can do whatever you believe you can do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was lucky to have that type of conditioning and then also to keep going and chasing and proving that, that philosophy, right. Mm -hmm. To where right now at 38 years old, I want to see what I can become. I'm yeah. not going to be, I'm completely satisfied with what I've done but I'm hungry to, to meet the person one day that has gone as far as he could possibly go. And so, Absolutely. yeah, I think some people just have that flame burnout, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and other people keep that flame alive and they just keep going and they just keep living with courage. Absolutely. We've got a minute or so left to our next break. I just want to ask you real quickly, how important is gratitude to your journey? Because that's one of my favorite topics. I think without gratitude, there would be massive burnout for me because yeah. I have this ability to wake up in, in complete gratitude and, and appreciate everything that it has been given to me and that I have at my fingertips. Yet, I'm still not going to just bask in that, in that satisfaction and not see what else I'm capable of. So without the gratitude, I think I'd be like a hamster on a wheel, just chasing more and more and more and never feeling the satisfaction. With gratitude, it actually gives me the satisfaction while being in the pursuit of more. Fantastic. And we will come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is John Matson. We will come right back on the other side. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is John Madsen, former NFL player and the creator of the company Superhuman. We'll talk about that momentarily. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean the world to me. I would really appreciate it. So, John, I want to ask you, what is the most expensive mistake you've ever made? It doesn't have to be financial. Maybe it's a time-energy thing. Maybe it's being led down the wrong path and not realizing it for a very long time. But what's the most expensive mistake you've ever made? Mm. Such a good question. Such a good question. The most expensive mistake that I've ever made is not seeking out the right mentorship or coaching. When I started my business right after I was done playing in the National Football League. At that moment, I had this egotistical sense that I had created a lot of success in one area and then I would just figure out my business. And when anybody who had business experience tried to talk to me about business, in my mind, I would completely shut them out and say, yeah, but that's in the restaurant industry. That has nothing to do with the gym industry or yeah, but something else. And so I had this almost growth mindset in sports and fixed mindset in business mm -hmm. where not seeking out help and the right counsel literally cost me a ton of money, but it cost me a ton of time. It, mm. My business didn't explode until I hired the right mentors. And when I did that, it was like an expensive thing in the beginning, but it saved me 10x on my time. And then the money followed. So I think the most expensive thing anybody can make is to try to go do stuff themselves. Yeah. And you know, that is a very common answer to that question. So I, I love that. I, I've asked, I asked somebody else that not too long ago and his response was very similar in, in, in scope. So I really appreciate that. So let's talk about your company, Supra human. What was your motivation for starting this and what do you do? Yeah, superhuman. So if, if anyone Googles superhuman, the definition you're going to get is uh, not comparable, right? Having powers above and beyond that of a 
normal human being. And I like to believe uh, once again, that we were born with this infinite ability. And so going supra for me is being a supra performer in life, which is going to, which is going to be a couple different categories. Number one, your body is going to be imperative to performing at the highest level. Number two, your mindset has got to, has got to elevate as well. And number three, you've got to solidify that stuff with, with this identity. You, it's got to become you if you're ever going to experience that success and continue, continue to create it. And then number four would be your environment, your surroundings. And so once you elevate all those things, and like I always say is go supra in those four categories, magic is going to happen in your body. Magic is going to happen in your relationship and magic is going to happen in your bank account. And so I, I like to talk about being balanced in those three areas, yeah. but operating at a very elite level and not just living life in this way where we wake up, do the same things and we, and we don't pursue uh, the passion that we have for life. Yeah. So you help people upgrade their mindset, their fitness and their business 10 times 10 X in the span of a hundred days. That's really fast. What goes into that? Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, one of the things I learned from going to an event with Tony Robbins and kind of, that was 2015, probably the, the start of my journey into this personal development world where there's no such thing as unresourceful. It, it, there's no such thing as an unresourceful person. Mm -hmm. There's just unresourceful states, meaning your emotional state. And so I think a lot of people, once again, we can create massive success. If, in, if anybody wants to have some you know, action steps from this podcast, if you can sit down with yourself and get very clear about the outcome that you ultimately want. That's step one. You have to know what the coordinates are for you to ever hit them. And so call it a goal, call it whatever you want to call it. Being very clear and gaining that clarity on what you want is, is step one. Step two is relentlessly focusing on it. So it's thinking about it and obsessing about it and focusing on what you want and paying no attention to that not want like I talked about um, earlier. And just by doing those things, you're going to level up your awareness and you're going to start to enjoy a more resourceful emotional state where you're motivated, where you're, where you're, um, where you're, what's the word I'm looking for? You're, um, I guess, I, I guess the word I'm trying to look at it, uh, find is just focused, right? Yeah. Because if you can do that, you're going to see all these little connections pop out. And one of the fastest ways that you can create a better emotional state for yourself is going to work on your body because how you feel what your what your body is doing the food you're eating the amount of hydration you have the amount of rest the amount of exercise is going to have an an immeasurable effect on that emotional state because a lot of coaches are just going to tell you to change your behavior to get a different result hey mm -hmm. just don't do that and you'll get this result or do more of that and you'll get this result everybody knows that though and so for me that's like going to battle with your willpower instead of mm -hmm. solving the problem at the root, which is if you can change the emotional state, you then feel a different way. And that feeling is going to lead to better behavior automatically. And it's going to yeah. be a much easier road than you just grinding your teeth at every, every step of the way. So if I'm going to get someone to go all in on their fitness, and one of the things we do better, like we do really, really well is get a person to go elite in their body first and then work on the other areas yeah. is we have to get them to buy into the clarity of what they ultimately want and what that outcome is. Because mm -hmm. if we can do that, 
they're automatically going to change their behavior, which is the tactics and strategies, which we can obviously teach them. But it's yeah. going to be easier than them trying to just battle their willpower all day long. Right. And you just mentioned that you help people dial in on their health first. And so I want to ask what you believe the relationship between health and super high level success would be. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I mean, create I've never I guess in the last 10 years, I don't think I've ever worked with somebody who's and I work with a, a lot of people who have great businesses and maybe less than average bodies. We'll call them. They got eight, nine or 10 businesses with a five, six or seven body. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times guys like that are like, yeah, John, I, I don't really know, you know, what the point of me walking around on the beach with a six pack might be. You know, I have a great life. I live in a great neighborhood. Kids are taken care of. Got a good relationship. I've never seen a guy like that go and do their fitness in a way that we can teach it, which doesn't take a ton of time away for their, from their business or their family. It doesn't make their life miserable where they can't eat or enjoy enjoy any of their favorite foods. I've never met a person that has gone from a five, six or seven in their body to an eight, nine or 10 and not have their business even improve further because the amount of focus that they're putting in their body creates this emotional state, this resourceful state, and then leads to the little micro behaviors where they just even make better choices in their, in their business dealings. They're focused in. And when they're that focused, you know, they, they usually move the bottom line in their business too. Fantastic. Can anyone make radical changes like this really, really quickly? You say a hundred days. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, look, if you've neglected your body for 10 years and you want to have a six pack on the beach in, in a hundred days, that probably isn't realistic. However, right. in a hundred days, you could absolutely lose 30 pounds, learn uh, the tactics and strategies that it's going to take to continue on this lifestyle path that's going to continue, continue the momentum that you've built. So it just kind of depends where a person is starting from. We have a lot of guys go from good to great in a hundred days. And a lot of guys go from average to good. And a lot of guys go from like, I'm, I've neglected myself for so long, I go to average. And so whatever a person starts from, there can be, there can absolutely be remarkable change in a, in a hundred days, but it's not just that it ends there. It's the education, it's the knowledge, it's the implementation that then they can take with them for the rest of their life that's going to continue that momentum so that they ultimately will get as far as they want to go. That's fantastic. And in order for that to happen, you have to believe that you deserve to have a great body first, right? Oof. Yeah. And that's where that's where the mindset probably is talked about a lot more in my program than if I was just to be another fitness coach. The deserving of success, the deserving of elite performance, that the deservingness is the thing that's going to set all that up so that you can enjoy it for the rest of your life. 90, yeah. I think it's 90% of people who lose a significant amount of weight, gain it all back. They yeah. don't feel deserving of the, of the newness of the new identity that they're trying to create. Same thing with the lottery winners. 70% of people who win the lottery go bankrupt within five years, right? It was said that 78% of NFL guys have significant financial um, uh, failure within two years of retirement. And so it's interesting to me that at the identity level, this deservingness is really the centerpiece because if we can't figure that part out, we can get results short term. And then ultimately people are gonna self-sabotage themselves all the way back down to where they feel comfortable or who they believe themselves to be. That is absolutely amazing. And you know what? I think the other piece of that too, John, is being willing to forgive yourself for being where you are right now so that you can move forward. Oh man, dude, I was literally just having this conversation with somebody because they went in my direct messages and said, 
how do I feel more deserving? And mm -hmm. I, the answer that I said is, well, number one, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to forgive yourself for any of the things you did in the past, because one thing you have to understand is your past does not equal your future unless you let it. For right. a lot of people, the past does equal the future because mm -hmm. they're always living in this rear view mirror and they're always basing what they believe they can achieve on the results they used to get in their past. And tomorrow can be completely different than today as long as you decide to create a new life and create a new identity. And so most people are living in this linear past equals the future, the true high yeah. achievers like you and other people that have been on your show, they understand, look, I made mistakes in the past. I've forgiven it. I'm moving on. I'm going to create and focus on what I want. And they're able to just make these power moves because they yeah. don't live in this linear world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've got a couple minutes to our final break. And I want to ask you about the training app that your clients use to achieve their incredible transformations. Yeah, so we handle everything. We're at, we're an elite level coaching program, and so we we dial in a person's nutrition. We have the training program completely tailored to a person's ability, their lifestyle, injury history, pretty much every little thing. We are going to tailor a game plan of nutrition training, and then also this mindset around buying into it, so that we can get the ultimate result. And so the app is just kind of our platform that delivers most of the stuff that a, that a client's going to need to be super mm -hmm. successful. So they always know what to do and never have to guess. Awesome. And while I'm thinking about it, where can they find more information about all of this? Yeah, go superhuman.com. And it's not superhuman, it's S-U-P-R-A human. So go superhuman.com or my Instagram is John Madsen official. And uh, I try to be very interactive with, with uh, everybody on that. I'm going to find you on Instagram after the show. <laughs> I just got on Instagram very recently. So that's oh, awesome. awesome. All right. All right. And we are coming up against our break. I cannot believe how quickly this hour is going. We've got one more segment left. I've got way more questions than I'm going to have time for, which is totally fine. Just means that we'll have to be really judicious about what we talk about next. And that's not a problem for me. Our guest is John Madsen, and he, we are having such a great time talking about fitness and mindset, especially. And uh, we're coming down this home stretch. When we come back, this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. And I can't wait to see what the rest of the show has in store for us. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. anyone who has a hard time getting to the point by the time they say to make a long story short you're saying to yourself 
Too late. What's a word for a long-winded story? A circumbendibus. Then again, it's hard to get to the point if the other person keeps interrupting and asking questions. What do you call a person who interrupts conversations all the time? An embuggerist. According to a Money Watch article, a chronic interrupter is often super smart, has a fast-working brain, and wants to keep everything moving. Or they might just be excited to interject their own ideas. What's a word for someone who just loves his own opinion? A philodox. Personally, I think nothing is more annoying than to have someone go right on talking while I'm interrupting. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is John Matson. He used to play in the NFL, and now he's an elite fitness and mindset and executive coach. So let's talk first, John, about what your favorite business growth strategies are that have worked best for you. Yeah, so my favorite business growth strategies for my company, I've built this momentum really on advertising on social media. And so I'm not a guy with a huge following on Instagram. There's, you know, 35,000 or so. So it's not nothing, but it's also not someone with a million. And so when I when I realized that I didn't have a million followers, one of the things that a business like mine has to do is they have to understand how they're going to acquire customers. And I guess that could be said about all businesses. Where are your customers going to come from and how much is it going to cost you to acquire a customer? If you can't figure that out, then you're probably not going to be in business for so, for very long. And that was like the first six years of my business. I just was like, oh, cool. Like I'm going to be great at what I do and people are going to tell people and I'm going to get referrals and it's going to be word of mouth. And I did build an okay business that way, but it was always slow and unpredictable. When I finally figured out that I could have a predictable way of creating the business of my dreams, it was like the most magical moment that I that I could explain. Now I know exactly how much it costs for me to acquire a customer. I know how to get eyeballs by paying Facebook and Instagram to put out advertisements. And then the process from which a client can click on an ad, watch some information, schedule a phone call, and then want to become a part of superhuman has been basically the game that I've played over the past uh, two, three years that have created this much momentum. And so obviously, once you get that client in, you want to over deliver and have amazing fulfillment. And, you know, we do that, we have a satisfaction guarantee, if a person doesn't get the result that they that they are looking for, then we have a satisfaction guarantee that says, look, if you do everything we say and you still don't get a result, then we're just going to give you every cent that you paid to us right back mm-hmm. to you because we wasted your time and you wasted your energy. So um, we've created bulletproof fulfillment on our you know, promises. And then once you do that, you you have customers who buy into the brand and you can really build a company that way. And so I guess to answer yeah. your question long-windedly is mm-hmm. the acquisition process has been an incredible learning curve. And once I yeah. learned it, I could build a business 
pretty fast. That's fantastic. Let's talk about your podcast. You have about 180 episodes now, right? What's it called? Tell us about it. Yeah, so the podcast started uh, probably two and a half years ago, three years ago. It's The Show with John Madsen. I named it The Show because the show, the, uh, going to, getting to the show used to, as I was in Little League playing baseball, the show was like, you're, you're in the majors. And so I named it The Show with John Madsen instead of The John Madsen Show just to kind of be a symbol of making it to that professional rank in, in football. Hmm. But also I wanted to leave that show kind of open-ended where I talk mostly about fitness and performance and mindset and some of the identity and deservedness stuff that we talked about on this show. And I can cover a lot of topics in, in those areas, which is what I'm most passionate about. Uh, I went into it completely growth minded. I re I look at my stats in the very first shows. I think I had two or three listeners, right. And, yeah. uh, it was one of the things that I wanted to do for years and that I, I kept worrying about who was going to listen or if it was going to be good enough, all the stuff that all of you listening have thought about when one day I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to start it. And I started that show. If you could go back to the beginning of the shows from zero to like 70, I plugged a microphone into my phone. I recorded in my truck because we had a, a newborn and it was the most quiet place I could get to just record. Yeah. And I just started recording and now I have a studio and, you know, there's thousands of listeners and downloads and it's grown to, you know, grown to a pretty nice show, but I started from zero. And so That's, it's been yeah. a project. Yeah. You have to be resourceful sometimes. And I've done some episodes of my show in the past from the free conference room at the Chandler public library downtown. I interviewed Jack Canfield from the library, believe it or not. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible on my phone. Oh yeah. I, I had to, I had nowhere else to go. I was not going to lose that interview. So that was an epic experience and yeah, it was uh, free to rent the conference room for an hour. It was great. So yeah, I had a great time. So let me ask you, what does your morning routine look like? I'm sure it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So in my program, we, I, I talk about all the time. I have what's called victory hour and victory hours, because once again, you know, this successful people know this. If you win, if you can win the morning, you're more likely to win the day. If you can win the day, you can win the week. If you can win the week, you can win the month. And if you can win the month, you can win the year. Then you start stacking decades, right? It's it's that analogy of just going out there and chopping wood every single day. And eventually that tree is going to fall down and then you just move on to the other tree. Mm -hmm. And so the morning routine starts for me. I like to start it at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, just because we do have a two and a half, uh, three and a half year old. And sometimes she wakes up a little early. So I like to just get that time in before the house is awake where I can be really, really quiet. Yeah. First thing I do is meditate for 20 minutes. I want to be quiet. I want to just sit there in kind of that sleepy, drowsy state to where I can kind of flirt with falling asleep and being, you know, semi awake at the same time. So I like to meditate like that. From there, I, I rewrite my, my major goal that I want to focus on. And I have a list of a hundred experiences and a hundred material things that I'm constantly adding to. And so for about five to 10 minutes, I just focus on stuff. This is teaching my brain to focus on what I want because your brain is constantly trying to focus on all the things that you don't want. I'm focusing all my attention and bringing that law of attraction into being by just manifesting everything that I want on those lists. Yeah. From there, I'll, uh, I'll read for, 10 to 20 minutes. And, um, that's it. It's, it's, uh, that meditation 
It's that goal writing and it's reading. However, yeah. the most important step of all of it actually starts the night before, which is getting seven plus hours of sleep a night. So yes. I actually, I have four steps. Seven hours of sleep is actually number one, because if I'm running on five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, I'm going to burn out. So that victory morning for me is essential to success. That's absolutely amazing. That That's really, really fantastic. And it's very specific. So I love that. How do you know what to say yes or no to? Oh man, if I wish I knew, I think I'd be further along. You know, sometimes, sometimes I say no to the uh, wrong things and yes to the wrong things, just like anybody else. And so everything that I've said on today's podcast, a lot of it, I'm telling to myself over and over. And, you mm -hmm. know, I, I struggle just like anybody else. I think that I have to, uh, the thing that I've kind of implemented for myself is if I don't feel like it's a, it's a yes with a couple of exp explanation marks yeah. and it's kind of like, oh, I should do that. Or I could, I try to say no to more things than I say yes to right now with the mm -hmm. exception of building my brand. And so yeah. I'll say yes to a lot of things that might not give me an immediate ROI, right? Where it's like, I can't really quantify how much ROI is coming from something. But if I get the chance to spread my message and spread the, the understanding of what my brand and what Super does, I'm gonna mm -hmm. say yes to almost all of that stuff. So Fan yeah, yeah, fantastic. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? Work in 90 minute blocks. So for me, I've realized that with all this multitasking and, you know, being in a hurry and creating chaos is something that is super easy to do for yourself now with social media and a million different things. I want to spend 90 minutes a day and pick one or two things. So if I can just have one block of 90 minutes where I'm going to do something that's going to take me closer to a big goal, say writing the book. I want to shut my phone down, put it on airplane mode, turn it over, not get Slack messages, not get emails, not get texts, and just do one 90-minute block of uninterrupted work. That is a win for me for that day because yeah. so many days can go by where I'm like, oh, I need to write a chapter for my book. And it's like I focus on the chapter and then mm -hmm. I don't do it at all because I'm like, that's just such a big elephant to bite into. Yeah. I'm not going to do it at all. And I realize yeah. people think about that like with fitness, which I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. It's just like doing a little bit every single day. And for me, 60 to 90 minutes of uninterrupted work can can just move the needle so far when yeah. you look like a month before. Fantastic. We've got about three minutes until the end. What has surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? I, I think that the thing that surprised me the most is we get what we focus on. So if I'm in an unresourceful state in frustration, worry, and doubt, I'm precisely wishing into existence everything that I don't want. Yeah. No difference than if I told your listeners to not think about a pink elephant sitting in for, sitting under a tree, they immediately think about that. They can't not think about it. And so if I focus my energy on everything that I want, I'm going to tap into the magic of the universe. And I've proved that over and over and over again. And when I forget that, I'm reminded really quickly with a harsh lesson. Yeah. That's that's amazing. If you could give advice to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell him? Act with courage and faith. Mm. Courage and faith is the answer. And so sometimes you don't need to know how you you have a goal that's at point Z and you're starting at point A. The how is going to reveal itself only with you moving forward. If you don't move forward and you and you don't have the courage or faith that it's all going to work out and you stay stuck in park the how is never going to be revealed to you. And so yeah. 
you don't need to know what to do. You just have to keep moving forward. Yeah. If you were starting over today, knowing what you know right now, what would you do differently? I would hire somebody who's done exactly what I wanted to do, no matter the cost. And I would, I would, I would do exactly what they've done to create success, not only with themselves, but other people. And I would follow that plan and I would, I would follow it to a T to create success really, really fast. Fantastic. We're almost at the end. So my final big question that I ask everybody is who inspires or motivates you? Uh, I found a lot of inspiration from my parents. You know, they mm-hmm. did a lot for me growing up. I, I find, you know, I, I want to succeed. I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to represent the family in a great way. I find mm-hmm. a lot of inspiration from my wife and ultimately now as a father of a three and a half year old, I look into my daughter's eyes and I see her beautiful eyes and I'm inspired more than anything to just be the man that she deserves to have in her life mm-hmm. as a father. And so she inspires me to an amount that I couldn't even possibly articulate. Fantastic. And one more time, how can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you, John? John Madsen official on Instagram, the show with John Madsen on iTunes and uh, go superhuman.com if you want to know about the fitness company that we've built to get immaculate results for both male and female high performers. Fantastic. John Madsen, thank you so much for being here. You were a fantastic guest. I appreciate having you here. Thank you, man. Super appreciate you. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can glean from that journey. Join us next time. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.